0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. As we begin a brand new series called The Life That God Blesses. Now I could do the, the, the pastory thing, the churchy thing, and I could ask those of you who, who wish that you could live a blessed life to raise your hand, um, but I'm pretty sure that the response would be universal. Everybody wants to live a blessed life, right? Amen. If you don't, we have some great therapists that we can refer you to because there's something wrong with you. Uh, We all want to live a blessed life. We all want to live a blessed life, not just so that we can feel good about ourselves, but if we were honest, we want to live a blessed life so others will notice as well. right? We We want our neighbors to notice that we're blessed. We want our friends to notice, yeah, look how blessed we are. Uh, we want our ex-girlfriends and ex-boyfriends who follow us on Facebook to really know how to, to, come on. Be real. There's some people out there like, oh, I'm so blessed. I never needed you. I am blessed, 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 bless. Right? We don't want just to be blessed. We want everybody to know that we are blessed. And so what we end up doing is we pursue blessings. We pursue blessings and when we talk about pursuing blessings the world has a different terminology for what they call it is not pursuing blessings they call it pursuing the american dream the more the bigger the best that's blessings and and so what we've done is we've even changed um, our culture to be a culture that chases blessings rather than being a culture who chases the one who does the blessings there's an entire industry that's built on blessings. It's called a self-help industry. We spend billions, spend billions of dollars every single year in the United States. In fact, we spend $11 billion annually on self-help things, whether it's seminars or books. In fact, just speaking of books, we sell $776 million worth of self-help books every year. Of that 446 million of those dollars go towards, um, audio books so we can listen to self-help whenever we want. There are 180,000 health coaches across the United States that are engaged full-time. Also that you can live a blessed life. But my question is, if you have all those things, are you truly blessed? If you get all the things that you're chasing, are you truly blessed? If I were to ask people, what, what, what are some things that are blessings? What would you consider a blessing? Some people might say, you know, having a great big house, that's a blessing. Being financially wealthy, that's a blessing. Some might say having good health, that, that, that's a blessing. Some would say that having children is a blessing, right? <laughs> you got quiet. <laughs> is that one of those of you guys it's a blessing i believe in that i'm going to stand on that truth no matter what i feel right now yes lord that's a blessing it is a blessing the bible tells us that the children are a blessing from the lord right and that it's a reward from him but sometimes we got to remind ourselves it reminds me of the story there's this little boy and i know none of you have ever done this how many of you have ever sent your kid to their room for the night because they wouldn't eat dinner any anybody done that i am such a bad parent he this child just ratted out her father. That is the greatest thing that's happened all day. Thank you for that. So, so there's this so this dad sent up his no <laughs> there's this dad right who was so fed up with their child who was not eating dinner, said just you just go to bed just go to bed and so five minutes later the little boy wrote, cried down to the to the dad dad i'm thirsty and the dad responded well you had your chance too late go to bed and then five minutes later passed but dad i'm still thirsty and the dad yelled back up there and says, that's it. If you say one more thing, I'm going to come up there and I'm going to spank you. No water. Five minutes went by and the little child said, when you spank me, can you bring up water? <clears throat> they are a blessing. <laughs> they are a blessing from the Lord. Yes, they are. Okay, so, so what about being married? Mar- marriage is a blessing, right? The Bible tells us you. That, that you better say that. She's right next to you. That, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, right? I don't know how my wife feels about being called a thing, but he who finds a wife—that should be a Christian, like romantic song. You good thing? I don't know where that came from. I just had to. Do... He who finds a wife finds a good thing. So the, 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 what we can see is that there are blessings that are good and biblical, right? But the point we want to make this morning. Is that we are not called to chase after the blessing. We are called to chase after the blesser. We're not called to chase after the blessing. See, when I chase after the blessing, what I do is I take my eyes off of God. And I begin to worship that thing which I am chasing. Now that blessing has become a curse. Because anytime I worship an idol, and an idol isn't just one of those funny looking you know, things that you see about this big that are made of wood and all that. No, an idol is anything that elevates itself over the um, superiority of God. So I can chase after a blessing. Now my blessings become a curse because I'm chasing after an idol. I don't chase after blessing. I chase after the blesser. So if I want to live a life, a life that will be blessed I know I need to chase after the one who blesses me. Write this down in your notes, if you would, this morning. God's values are not the same as man's values. Shocking, isn't it? Isn't it funny how, how, how what we think is important, God would say, eh. and the things that we think are um, important, that we chase after them all the time, and God says, no, I want to change your thinking. Real life, freedom and joy are not found in climbing the socioeconomic ladder, but in humbling ourselves, not in being self-sufficient, but in acknowledging our need of God. It's not in being self-sufficient. To live a life that will be blessed, what we're really looking for is a life that is broken. I want to explain that today. One of the ways to position ourselves for a life of blessings is to be a people who are broken. There's this lady um, in France. True story, true story. You can't make this stuff up. She won uh, the lottery. And so she went out and, and she man, she's like, I'm getting paid. So she grabbed that credit card, went to town on it. I mean, new purses, new clothes, new car, all this stuff. Problem was, the very last number on her lottery ticket was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you like them apples? So she was missing something. Everything looked good, but she was missing one thing. Your entire life can look good, but if you're missing this one thing, you're not living a life that's going to be blessed. You're going to live a life that's bankrupt. And what's that one thing? It's brokenness living a life that is broken before God. If you were to go outside right now or like go ahead and, and hit up your Twitter account or your, your Instagram or your Facebook and just ask the question, okay, what is a blessing? What would you consider a blessing? You probably have a whole bunch of answers, right? Like some of the answers that we went through. But would you say that a blessed life, would you think you would have anybody respond this way, put it this way. Would you think anybody would tweet back to you that a blessed life is a poor life? Stop playing church. Be real. No. But no. remember how Jesus flips the script. Remember how Jesus, he changes things that we think is 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 pretty obvious, and he he makes what is only obvious through the Spirit become obvious to us. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter five, verse three. He says, "Blessed are." Read this with me. Blessed are the. I'm, if, I'm, if I am going to design, paint the picture of a blessed life, the last thing I'm going to put on there is someone who is poor. And what's really interesting in this is Jesus could have used two Greek words for poor. They, they used that word, but there, there was two different words in the Greek for that one word poor. The first poor painted a picture of someone who was scratching out just a meager existence I mean they worked all day worked all night and they were just getting by like the bills were just getting paid there was just enough food inside the refrigerator that that was one kind of poor but that's not the poor that Jesus used that's not the word the poor that Jesus used was one that would signify a beggar completely destitute no money, nothing a beggar Jesus is saying, blessed you will be if you are a beggar. Now, Jesus wasn't just talking about finances. In fact, Jesus wasn't talking about finances at all. Jesus was talking about a spirit that understands its position. A spirit that understands where it has been. Jesus is talking about a spirit that's broken. And this morning I wonder, my question would be this, have we forgotten how broken we are? Well, what, what, what does broken mean? We've got to have that definition before we can say that's who we are. Brokenness is not this. Brokenness is not, I'm just this dirty, dirty dog good for nothing. Nobody likes me. Nobody should. Now, that's called self-hate. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the brokenness that the Bible is talking about. In fact, let me, let me counter that even a little bit more pointedly if I can. Whose image were you created in? God. And have you read in Genesis that when God created something, what did he say? Good. And so God created you. You're in his image. Therefore, what? You're good. You're awesome. You're awesome. Now, you still carry around this stuff called flesh, right? And so I carry around this stuff called flesh. I I can't, I no longer hate myself because God has put his identity upon me. And with his identity upon me, now I am whole again. Yet I know at my core that my heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. And if given a chance, man, I'm just going to go running away. You ever felt like that? Like sometimes your, your dog, your, your heart is like that dog you got to chain up because if you let it go, it's just going to run across the street to the neighbor's house. Y'all got really nice dogs. (laughs) I got dogs all over our neighborhood. Let them go wherever they want to go. Now, sometimes our hearts are like that, right? If they're not tethered by the Spirit. And so what we're saying here is this. I know my weaknesses, and because I know my weaknesses, and I know my position apart from Christ, I'm broken. And I need Him. And I'm desperate for His grace. I'm desperate for His mercy. And I thank God that those mercies are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is Thy faithfulness. Write this down in your notes. The word brokenness is used in many different ways today. But as we look to the Bible, brokenness refers to the stripping of self-reliance and living one's life completely dependent on God. It is the daily choice of moving from self-reliance to God. Reliance. Oh man. It's a it's a complete understanding. I need him for everything. I'm gonna do what some pastors do that's really annoying. You know, if you've been with a pastor long enough, you've probably heard his stories two or three times, right? So I'm gonna be that pastor and do it. So some of you may have heard this, but I can't think of a better illustration. My 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 kids were all water babies. Love the water, love the water, love the water, from very small. Three years old, I would take them into the ocean or to the pool or wherever, and and they would just be like splashing their little feet in the water and thinking they're all bad and all that. And then I'd I'd walk out a little bit farther, and then their whole body language changes. I don't need a uh, fingerprint tattoo because I have one. (laughs) their claws in my shoulder, right? And then I go out a little bit further. And have you ever had baby on head syndrome? That's when fear happens and baby goes on head. I got baby head syndrome because my, my kids were all fine over here on the shallow end. But when I got to the deep end, baby head syndrome. Now think about this for a second. It's silly because at three years old, if I had let him go in the shallow end, he was done for. He was in over his head. So it doesn't matter if it's in the shallow end or the deep end. He was completely dependent upon me every step of the way. Hello? This is what sometimes happens in our walk with the Lord. We figure, well, I've, I've walked so far, you know, I no longer really need him. I, I got this all together. I, I know I'm going to pray. I got to worship. I'll read the Bible and I'll be a good person. I'm no longer dependent upon him. You forget you've always been dependent upon him and you always will be. You know what that's called? Brokenness. It's a recognition that my will and my desire and my ability doesn't come close to what I really need. I need a savior. (laughs) So what do we do with this brokenness? Brokenness is, like I said, the stripping of self-reliance and independence from God. It's that we're completely dependent upon. Jesus gave a picture of this. Because sometimes we can get so puffed up in our feeling like we no longer really need God. We're glad that he's there, but we kind of got it together. We're not really broken. Jesus gave a great story about it. It's found in Luke chapter 18, verse 9 through 14. You can read that yourself. I'm just going to kind of tell the story. So Jesus is hanging out. And, and 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 there's this pharisee okay a pharisee is is this religious leader he knew all the things to say knew all the things to do and let me just be let me be honest he's just cocky okay i love fact in fact i love what it says in verse 9 it says it says this um get my my readers on it says then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Isn't that good? So that's where this Pharisee is. He's so proud of himself. So the Pharisee comes into church, and he begins to pray real loud for everybody here. He's like, Lord, I thank you. I'm not like these sinners. I'm not like these adulterers. Lord, I I tithe. I give stuff to the poor. Man, you're lucky to have me. He didn't say that part, but that was kind of the attitude, right? And I'm so thankful, especially, that I'm not like that tax collector over there. Now, the guy didn't like just work for the IRS. Back in the day then, tax collectors would not only get money for the government... But then they would say, so you owe X amount of money to give to the Roman government, right? What tax collectors of those days would do, they would say, give me X plus two, and they would line their pockets. So they were stealing from their own nation. And so they were just thieves, man. And so he's saying, thank God I'm not like him. And now that tax collector, he comes ready to pray, (laughs) He comes ready with a broken heart. He comes ready to live a life that is blessed, even though he doesn't know it yet. In fact, he won't even walk up to the altar. From right where he was, from a distance, he wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven with so deep the pain that he felt. In fact, it says they even beat his chest. And all he could mutter, all he could get out was, God, forgive me, a sinner. And Jesus asked the people, which of those two will be forgiven by God. It wasn't the Pharisee. It was the tax collector. Because there was a brokenness. A brokenness that realized in him own self, the tax collector did realize it in him own self, the desperation that he had for God. Before we go any further, i got to ask the question again. How desperate are you today? How desperate for God are you today? Do you recognize today what you used to recognize when you first came to Him? Do you realize your brokenness and need of Him today? Man, I had such a cool week this week. I got to um, talk with a guy from uh, New York City, He's hooked on heroin, homeless guy, made his way down to North Carolina. And because of the generosity of this church and this ridiculous generosity this church has um, with your tithes and your offerings, we were able to um, to get him to go get some detox done. And uh, I said, hey, before you go in, here's one thing. And he said he wasn't a believer. He said he'd gone to church a little bit when he was a kid, but it was like nothing, just not falling. I said, one thing that you've got to do, it's the only thing I'm going to ask of you, is you got to hand it in my Bible, and I said, you're going to take this, you've got to read it. I said, and what we're going to do is we're going to trust that God still speaks. That God is real and that God speaks. So don't, don't, don't. you know, I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm not going to tell you what to look for. You just open it up. And trust that the Holy Spirit is going to say something to you. So they got the detox and they took everything from him. Everything. I mean, even his shoelaces. He had to take his shoelaces off. And he said, but please don't take my Bible. <laughs> I was like, cool first start. Amen. So they didn't. They didn't take his Bible. He, st- he stayed in there, I think it was about five days, five, five seven days. Um, six days is what it was, and he came out, and he came, and I said before because he was going to come from detox, and now he has to go straight into rehab. Okay, so there's detoxifying, and then he goes to rehab. How do you live? And I said, but before he does that, he has to stop in my office, and I want to talk to him again. So he came into my office, and, and we talked. Man, did he look so much better? And we started talking. And I said, you've been reading your Bible. He's like, yeah. You see, that's kind of this hunger in him. And I said, but let me ask you a question, dude. Let's say. You get clean. And let's say you never use heroin again. And let's say you get an incredible job. And it comes with an incredible wife. You have a wonderful family. And you get all of that. But you lose your soul. Have you ever really gained anything? And dude got down on his knees in my office. Right then and there. And in brokenness accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So cool. There was a guy, let me ask you this question, is he more lined up to live a blessed life or the guy who served the Lord for 20 years who has forgotten where he started? I'm going to tell you, the guy that was on his knees knowing where he really was and the desperation that he had for God, he was in alignment for blessing. Man, if we've ever gotten numb to the reality of how desperate we are for God, we're in a dangerous place. Go, Jeremy. We're in a dangerous place. You know, we don't need self-help. We need God help. We don't need self-help. We need Holy Spirit help. And sometimes in some sermons and in some churches, and listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying it happens. I'm not saying this place or that place or that. But you know what? Sometimes we preach, we, man, we, we, we preach a self-help theology instead of a biblical theology. I don't need self-help theology. I need what the Bible tells me I need to do to live a blessed life. And brokenness is that. A broken life aligns me for a blessed life. Let's run through some things real quick. This story of these two men. The Pharisee compared himself to others while the tax collector saw his own crisis. The Pharisee was self-confident and blind to his great need while the tax collector acknowledged his need and he relied on God. The Pharisee missed God's blessing, while the tax collector discovered God's blessing. So how do we how do we move and live in a pathway of brokenness that we might be able to see ourselves lining up for a lifestyle of blessing? Everybody in here still want to live a lifestyle of blessing. Everybody in here still want to live a blessed life. Everybody still in here? Okay. Number one, write this down. How do we live a blessed life? How do we live in brokenness? Get a fresh vision of God. You want to get broken? You want to get broken quick? Get a fresh, true vision of God. You know who did that? This dude called Isaiah. It was named Isaiah. Listen, so he got this fresh vision of God, and in his vision, he was ushered up into heaven, and the angels were doing some stuff. Listen to what it says. And they were calling to one another. The angels were, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And the whole earth is full of his glory. And the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple filled with smoke. And so he says this, he says, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord, almighty. Man, if you want to get broken and humbled, get a fresh perspective exactly of who God is. Because when he stepped in there and he saw the holiness of God, he fell to his knees and said, man, I am broken, essentially. Saved. You can be saved, full of grace, eternally secured. And yet when you come face to face with the reality of the holiness of God, you can't help but be stunned and knocked over. You can't help but be blown away. Isaiah was blown away. He he was saved and loved by God, but still when he entered into the presence of God, he realized how broken and far from God he truly was. How God's holiness and this man's holiness were worlds apart. Man, I might think that I am the greatest thing since sliced bread and spam. I'm from Hawaii. Cut me some break. I might think I'm that great. But let me tell you something, compared to God's greatness and goodness and holiness, I'm filthy rags. And Isaiah would say that later on, my greatest works, the best that I can do is nothing but filthy rags. Compared to who he is and his presence and his holiness and just his nature, what he's made up of. And when I see that, when I truly see that, when I get a fresh vision of God, Puts me back on a pathway of brokenness. And again, it's a brokenness that reveals my desperation for him and a heart of gratitude that says, thank God I belong to you because you belong to him. See the alignment? Do you see see what's happening? You're being realigned to realizing how glorious he is and in our own strength, how far we are from him. And we're broken about that. And yet we're so thankful that we don't have to fear him because we are His. Oh, He's good. He's good. Number two, write this down. Daily, we want to acknowledge our spiritual need of God. That's how we stay broken. How many of you? How many of you would say there's one or two things in your life um, that are a little bit jacked up? Oh, you were waiting for me to go to dozens. How many of you would say there's dozens of things in your life that are jacked up? Awesome. I'm not going to go into the hundreds. Um, Just, do do we all get the picture we're all jacked up? In fact, nudge the person next to you and say, you're just so jacked up. Just tell them, let them know. Wow, some of you enjoyed that. We are, we're jacked up. We we do do things, Miss Betty doesn't even know what to do with me. We do things... That are jacked up, and we're jacked up people living amongst jacked up people. And so when I recognize my need for God and how unjacked up He is, man, do I need Him. If I want to be broken, I, I, I got to go back and acknowledge my spiritual need for Him. I got to repent. I got to repent of my sins. Brokenness should lead to repentance. Can I ask you something? This is off the cuff. I haven't asked this in the first two services. Do you consistently, not with your head held low, kicking yourself, but do you consistently come before the Lord with your shortcomings and look for repentance? The Bible tells us that the Lord is close to those who are crushed in spirit. Those who are just so mournful over the state of their life and the mistakes that they make. And he's so quick to forgive, removing our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembering them no more. Hallelujah for that. But man, one of the things that God would tell us to do is to take our sin to him. Repent. Because repentance brings brokenness. And brokenness brings blessings. Write this down, um, number three. I'm going to get you out here. Consistently confront self-promotion And self-reliance Consistently do that Whenever you rely on self-promotion Or you promote yourself Try to make yourself to look really good Build yourself up Whenever we get into that thing Oh, I can do it myself Anybody married to somebody who can do it themselves? Like there's a leak in In the faucet You know it They can't fix it But they don't know it and they're going to prove to you, I'll just go down to Home Depot. I'm going to get me some duct tape. <clears throat> duct tape and uh, Gorilla Glue. That'll take care of it. That's all I need cause I'm a man. Gorilla Glue and duct tape. And they have no idea what they're doing. Anybody ever been married to somebody like that? Some of you scared to raise your hands? Just go ahead and listen. Because we, we've, been told, we've, been, we've, been, we've been taught to be self-reliant. I don't need nobody. Can I tell you what? I, I'm going to be 100% transparent right now. I need you. I need each of you in my life. Because there's stuff in my life that I don't like, but you know what? I don't see it. Have you ever been blind to some of your own junk? Yes. Huh? This is going to sound gross, but <laughs> forgive me for it. Anybody ever like were walking with somebody? And and, and you step in, you know, like the treat that the dog left. And you keep walking and you're like, something stinks. And you don't know what's on the bottom of you? You ever been there? I swear I just made that up. I had no, that was not in my notes. But sometimes we walk around, something stinks and we we don't know what's coming from us. Right? We just assume it's the person we're walking next to. Like they haven't showered in a while or something's wrong. But, it, but we step and, step and it stinks. And, and that's us. Sometimes we live a life and realize, we don't realize that, man, we stink. And gosh, we need the Lord to clean us up. Self reliance and self promotion. You know what that does? It says, I don't need nobody, I'm my own God. And you try, without ever saying it, to get others to worship you, be like you brokenness, authentic brokenness in your life. You know what it does? It says, man, I'm broken like you. Let's worship him and let's go chase him. You know that God wants to use you powerfully? Can I tell you this? God has to break you before he can use you. God has to break you before he can use you. How many of you would say you want revival in your life? How many of you would say you want revival in your marriages? Revival in our city. Revival in our nation. Listen, we're never going to meet God in revival until we meet God in our brokenness. Revival is never going to happen until brokenness happens. One of the cool things that happens is this. When we come to know the Lord, we're filled with His Spirit. How great is that, huh? We're filled with His Spirit. We got this stuff in us. It's kind of like it's kind of like this. Can you see that there's stuff in here? You see that there's stuff? But but when I'm broken, the world sees that there's stuff in me. It wasn't until I'm was broken, it wasn't until I was crushed that the Holy Spirit could shine even more. And now I just don't know it, but everybody inside this room, can you see that? Next time your dad sends you to the room, go ahead and there you go. <laughs> if I want my life, if you want your life, gosh, man, can I, can I be honest? Can I be greedy? I really like being greedy. Can I be greedy? I would love this campus, along with our other campuses, but this campus To be seen by an entire world. In fact, I speak that over this campus right now. I feel Holy Spirit inspired. I speak international impact over this campus right now. It's going to happen. Watch. It's going to happen. But in order for that to happen, you know what's going to happen first? We have to get broken. Broken over our sin. Broken over those things in our life that doesn't please the Lord and a willingness to realign ourselves to his will. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for my friends in here today. Lord, I thank you just for how awesome they are. (laughs) Their hearts, their hearts to not just know you, but their hearts to be used by you. And Lord, I pray right now that we would be a people who live broken. There's wholeness in brokenness, Lord. (laughs) Some things so don't make sense, but in in your dynamic way it does. We're broken, therefore we're made whole. We're broken in our sin and we're broken by our shortcomings. But God, your love and your grace is so stunning that we now find ourselves whole in you. But God, I pray we'd be a people who live desperate, just desiring more of you. Or I pray we'd be a people who would refuse, refuse self-reliance. We'd be a people who refuse self-promotion. I pray we be a people who get over ourselves. Just realize how much we need you. As much as we needed you the first day, we need you today. Lord, speak to us. Because I don't know everybody in here. I want you to keep your eyes closed, if you would, for a moment. Maybe, maybe you feel broken. And maybe you feel broken because you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So your brokenness is different than the brokenness I've been talking about. Your brokenness is a loss. There's something missing. And you're right, there is. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you will cry out to him, if you will just accept him and make him your God, you don't have to be broken anymore in that way. You'll be whole. He's going to start you off in this new new life, this new adventure. It's the life and the adventure that you've always been created for. You've been made for this. And it doesn't mean you have to jump through hoops to do anything. No, it just says, God, I believe you love me. And I believe that you sent your son. And, and I, want, I, I want to be what I've been created to be. And that's yours. And so if that's you this morning, and, and you just want to... Say, hey, I want Jesus in my life. I want him as my Lord and Savior. And I want to turn from the ways that I used to live. And I want want to chase after this Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. 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 You know, sometimes I feel like we just move on, but no, I gotta stop here for a second because I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to one other person. Don't let this moment pass. If you are not living for Jesus and you want to live for Him today, you want Him to be your God, raise your hand right now. Do it. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So we're all gonna pray this out loud, Lord Jesus thank you for being who you are thank you for being savior healer baptizer and soon coming king and God today I thank you for sending your son I know that he died for me I know that he rose again and I know he's seated next to you today And he died for me because of my sins that separated me from you. But I know that the cross now makes me no longer separated. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Holy Spirit, fill me. Overflow within me and change my life I pledge to you my life not just today but for the rest of my life if you prayed that prayer let me tell you something it's not a story it's a given reality the Bible says that when one person comes to know the Lord there's a party in heaven like crazy party in heaven Have you ever had neighbors who had a party you called the cops on? They don't call the cops on this party. It's so loud, though. It's so crazy and great and beautiful. And Lord, I pray over all my friends right now that, Father, they would have a spirit of boldness, bold brokenness. Lord, that they would live their life thankful for who you are your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your benevolence, Lord that you are so close to us. You sustain us. You, you create within us the ability to overcome obstacles that we could not overcome before by the power of your Spirit. And so, Lord, today we stand broken before you and thankful in our brokenness because it leads to worship. We give you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, now listen. I'm going to have prayer teams that are going to come forward, okay? And, and please do what is so important. If you gave your life to the Lord today, come just talk with some people. Pray with them. Uh, they're just going to have a few things to say to you. If, if there's some other things, whether it be a health need, a financial need, or, or maybe just a praise report, come hang. In fact, my prayer teams will come forward now. I want you to come see. They're awesome people. They're cool people. Um, and you're going to want to get with them. God bless you guys. Don't forget, Trunk or Treat is... Uh, Day after tomorrow, we're going to have um, hot dogs. What else needs to be said? There's hot dogs. Just hot dogs. God bless you. We'll see you next week. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.